Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. And today, fun guest we have on here today. Joey Esposito is on the show. Indie comic books writer. He's doing a lot of his own stuff. He's on Catwoman. He's done a lot of cool shit. Speaking of which, actually, just thinking about it now, we did not talk about working at DC or anything, which is fine because, man, we dive heavy into a lot of nerd stuff this episode. It's re- I enjoyed it. I really did. We have talking about video games, how video games help us as writers in world building, our love for Xbox, Bioshock, Fallout, Halo, all sorts of jazz like that. And you know, speaking of games though, before I get any further though, I, I do have a gaming channel going on right about right about now on YouTube. It's gaming, podcast, animal care tech and stuff as well too, and writers tips. It's Dakota Morgan on YouTube. You guys can go subscribe to me on there. I'm doing Twitch as well. All the Twitch stuff from live goes on YouTube over there, Coda Rex. Coda Rex 97 on Twitch. And yeah, I've been doing fun video game things over there. Besides the point, though, we talk about that. We talk about writing in general, you know, the comics, working through pandemic world and such like that as well. We talk about a lot, and it's very enjoyable. You guys will get a kick out of this episode. And we talk about our love for comic books and, like, the world of medium, how there's not too much and shit like that. Don't want to spoil any more. Continue listening to the episode, please. Without further ado, though, if you guys want to subscribe for more, you can on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, ComicChronicle.Podbean.com. Leave us a review. I may read them on the show, depending on what they are. If it's like, I love you, then I'll read it. If it's like, fuck you, I hate you, I'll probably still read it, to be honest. And if you guys want to follow me on social media, you can at DakotaMorgan3 on Twitter or at Dakota underscore Morgan 97 on Instagram. And I hope you guys are staying safe, staying healthy, staying sane out there. You know, if you feel like the world's too much right now, turn off the news. Put on a TV show. Fuck, as we talk about here, play a video game. You want to get out of this world? Play a goddamn game that's story-driven, not fucking, what the hell is it? Um, oh, Fortnite, there we go. I'm a gamer, and I should know that. It's not Fortnite or anything like that. You know, just dive into the story-driven game, escape it a little bit. Like, fuck, Halo Fallout of Bioshock. Bioshock, there you go. So, yeah, folks, thanks for tuning in to this episode. Please stay sane, stay healthy. Stay healthy, if I can talk anymore. If I even got coffee here, and it's still not helping. <laughs> but without further ado, instead of me rambling on like a madman that I usually am, make sure you guys subscribe to all that stuff as well. And without further ado, let me get into my talk with Joey Esposito. Need me to record anything? Or... No, I no no no, I got it. And we are actually live. We're not live, but we're recording. Now <laughs> I like to do, I like to do this man with everybody who comes on the show. I'm a man of class, and and it's kind of a tradition. But Joey, welcome to the show, good man. Thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. It's it's been a while since I've talked to anyone, you know, outside of my wife. Oh really? So. <laughs> That's the most 2020 relatable thing that I think I've ever heard. I know. In a while, it's, yeah. It's wild. Um, and my dog. My dog counts. I guess I have full conversation. The dog, yeah, yeah. I mean, on record, when you say it out loud, it sounds mm-hmm. kind of weird. But we yeah. all do it. I mean, it just, yeah, it doesn't matter. Sure. Here. Yeah, yeah. We, everyone's done it. I know people who talk to lizards and monkeys. We're fine. Yeah, That's I mean, it's a, it's a one-sided conversation, but, you know. It depends. It depends. You've got full conversation, though, with a macaw. I will vouch. I've had <laughs> People look at me like I'm weird. I'm like, wait, no, it's a, it is a thing. It does talk back, so it, it does. See, see, see. Well, Joey, good man, like, it's a pleasure to have you and an honor to have you here because you are a very, it seems... I mean, you are a very hard worker. I want to put it like busy. I know I say people are busy. Like I bring on people who are busy, like like mine and busy like myself. But sometimes I I said someone the other day was or actually a while ago was, and they're like, nah, I haven't worked in a while. I'm like, oh shit, my bad. <laughs> it's <'cause laughs> pandemic. Like, Ugh. but yeah. it seems like you're pretty busy and like a lot recently. Um, I mean, I, I do what I I do what I can. Like I I have to stay busy, otherwise, you know, <laughs> who knows what will happen. But yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird time right now, and the way that I've, you know, the way that I'm coping, I guess, a little bit is just to keep my head down and keep keep writing, keep working, keep doing whatever I can to just stay occupied, you know? It's true. I mean, you've done a lot of work, though, in the past, comics and such like that as well. I mean, it's not like you haven't done anything, and that's the way, though, a lot of people have been doing it, like you just mentioned, though, but a lot of people have been pushing through, and I had this conversation with someone the other day, was... The best way to do to handle the world, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. is to just keep powering through and working through everything. I mean, because you're you're on the West Coast in America, like me, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm in LA. All right, so I'm I'm technically Southwest, but it's fine. I mean, it's Arizona. Nobody wants to be associated with Arizona. <laughs> Very few people do. 
I have, uh, I have some good friends that live in Arizona. So great. really, oh, <laughs> I've been here seven years from Illinois, so I'm like, yay, nay. I've <laughs> I, I born and raised in the Midwest in Illinois for 16 years, mm-hmm. so I'm like, yay, nay on Arizona, but I'm positive negatives. But so you're in <laughs> America too. So I mean, that's the thing is like everyone's been talking about it is the best way to do it to get through everything is to just keep working no matter what it is even if it's only like for nobody it's just for yourself right keep it working it's like the best therapy one for right now and two it's the best way to get through yeah i mean i i i don't know if it's true for everybody but i think for like creative types or writers or artists and musicians and whatever like it's just the only way to stay sane i think yeah you know and you know beer and video games helps too but Man, you're speaking my language, Joey. <laughs> you're beer and video games. You're definitely speaking my language. <laughs> oh, Any, anything to take your mind off of the. It's true. It's everything. Very true. Yeah. It, you've opened up a bucket of worms, though, sir. What type of games do you like to play? Because I'm very curious. I know comic shows. We should talk about comics, but I like to have. It's all related. It's all. It's all part of the same thing. Um, it's true. Yeah. Lately, I. The Tony Hawk remaster came out. And oh I shit! How is it? Show that it's great. Yeah, it's like, you know, sometimes they remaster a game and it's just a graphical update. Yeah. But in this case, it's like the the remaster version is almost like the game. It's like the memory. It's like a real version of the memory of the game that you remember playing. Oh. You know what I mean? So it's like not a one to one graphic upgrade. And I, they did that a couple of years ago with that Tony Hawk HD. Mm-hmm. But this one, you know, they tweak controls and they tweak levels and stuff just to make it more satisfying for the modern player. But it mm. feels like how you remember it feeling when you played, you know, I was uh, 15 when that came out, probably. So it just it it feels like my teenage years, you know, it's just yeah. it's really fun. And it's just it's great for me who. I don't tend to have like long sessions of video games anymore. Like I just don't have the attention span or the time really. You mean to tell me you don't do the eight hours anymore, Joey? Yeah. I just like, I, I, you know, on occasion, if there's a game that I'm super into, I'll play for hours on end. But when I just need a quick, like half an hour to decompress or something, Tony Hawk and it's two minutes, two minute runs is just, is perfect. Like sort of hits that same that same uh plucks the same strings as like mario kart you know like it's a yeah. in and out satisfying it's fun and it's just sort of like muscle memory at this point i love so I've been, that been playing that i picked up star wars squadrons um which is really cool i just haven't really sunk my teeth into it yet it's have you played any of it i played some of the campaign okay i played a bit of the campaign and a bit of multiplayer actually my girlfriend and i have been doing it we've been doing it on our twitch codorex 97 and then also on youtube dakota morgan but sorry for a little plug but we've been doing it on there and it's been fun like it's as a star wars fan i play on xbox i don't know what you play on exactly but i fucking loving it like it's really really cool like, it's it's honestly if you've always enjoyed you know the space battles and the starships and whatnot in star wars which you kind of have to but if you enjoy that sort of thing like that the dog fights Mm-hmm. oh my god it's it's like what you've always wanted and like you can customize you can get an ewok keychain in your starship cockpit like, <laughs> that's pretty rad i didn't know that yeah and there's a there's um you can get like a darth vader destroyed helmet or like holograms in there too that are always up in your uh, cockpit and multiplayer like you can customize <laughs> your ship colors I, I they don't sponsor the show they should because i'm being honest one of the best games i played in the past few months and i love that it was 40 bucks yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. You're. I was so. I was like, please be twenty to thirty to forty dollars. Twenty to forty. I'll pay that. I'm not yeah. gonna pay sixty dollars. I am sorry. I cannot. Like even if I don't play it obsessively, it's easier to justify that value. Exactly. Um, well, who? Oh, 20... hold on. Something's important there, though. Yeah. Now, when you play multiplayer, I mean campaign, you do both. But when you play multiplayer and stuff like that, who are you choosing? So you haven't sucked your teeth into it that much, right? Who are you choosing? Are you choosing the Empire? Of, like, no, I gotta, the I gotta choose the Rebels or choose, New Republic. Yes. Because, like, even in the game, they they go to great lengths to try to get you to sympathize with the Empire characters or, like, you know, 
showing off their personalities and what a diverse crew it is, but it's still just like, I, especially right now in history, like I just, I'm not going to, I don't feel good about playing and yeah. hunting down refugees. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's just like a yeah. little, like they tried, they, they went for it and I appreciate that, but it, I don't think it totally works. And you, I could have, yeah. I could have done without like having to switch back and forth. Yeah, it's, it's a little it's, bit different in multiplayer, I think. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And multiplayer is different, but I'm with you on that side. Like they're like, yeah, you want to side with the empire? And I'm like, I don't know. All these people are pro genocide. I'm not <laughs> right. really, really a fan of this here. Uh, the rebels, please. I'll think more of them. And the, the cockpits are way cooler. I don't. We we could go in all day about that whole. Thing. <laughs> good. Oh my god. But oh, it's such a good time. But yeah, so you've been gaming and whatnot too. What do you like to play on? Is it? Uh, xbox um, pc uh, yeah, an, an xbox mainly um and then a, a switch for you know the nintendo specific stuff mm -hmm. um we play a lot of mario kart my wife and i just like after work's over and we're, before we settle into you know watching whatever we're watching we just do a couple of rounds of mario kart and really divide up the day you know it really mm -hmm. helps um and xbox i've just been Achievements are a huge thing for me. Um, yes, yeah, we relate just... a lot, Joey. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. You are like another version of me, and also my buddy Nick, lifelong friend of mine for like 15 years. Achievements are lifeblood. Yeah, it's just you know, it's not even that I'm like, oh, I need to get all the achievements or this specific thing I need to get. It's that I love that it rewards you with a like one of the most satisfying sound effects when it pops up. And yes. I like when they're like cleverly titled and then it's just like, I don't want to switch my main console because I would lose, you know, the gamer score that I've been working on since 2007 or whatever. And it's just, you know, it's just, it's such a dumb thing, but it, it really is very satisfying to me. So it's I'm very Xbox true through and through. I'm, I'm going to play the sound now, Joe. I'm not going to lie. I, I have it up on YouTube because now like I'm ready. That's kind of what it is. I don't know. I'm trying to get... It's close. Yeah, that's a 360 one. Is that... That's the old 360 one on that one. Um, the rare achievement thing. Oh, yeah. That one... It makes that one's, like, you feel good. That particularly satisfying. Yeah, yeah it, it makes does. me feel like I haven't just been wasting away the hours, but actually working towards something. Something I didn't know I wanted to be working towards, but still... I don't know if you do this or not. This is turning the video game channel. Oh, I'm, I'm okay with that too. I am highly okay with that. I don't know if you do it or not, but I have an active war. My buddies, we've been friends, like I said, 15 years, all of us together, and we've been gaming for 15 years. So that's like living through the 40s to the 80s. You've seen a lot of shit. And <laughs> we have a constant war. And it tells you now how many you are with the gamer score of getting all the achievements all together. And we're in a constant war of like, oh, who's getting more? Oh shit, I gotta play. I gotta download whatever free game there is and just get some random achievements and then uninstall it because achievements are still there. It's this whole it's always been that way since we started Xbox. Like it's the three sixty. It's been that way. Oh I don't know if you do that or not, but that adds to the flavor of what those achievements. I don't do that quite intentionally but i am a big fan of game pass and that is a great way to also just get random achievements like you download a game that you want to try out maybe play it for two hours and it's not for you but in the meantime you've picked up you know another 100 gamer points or whatever yes. so that's oh, not yeah. a bad thing um oh. i do like that the like the interface on xbox shows you where you are in comparison to your friends in terms yeah. of achievements for certain games um but yeah, I mean, it's it's not so much a competitive thing for me. It's just like I'm totally content just like unlocking achievement and just self-satisfied like smirk on my face. It's know? true. It's true. Oh, you know, before we get off, because we I have a thing about video games I want to ask you about. But before we get <laughs> to it, though, I do. You're an Xbox guy, so you may relate to this. You may not. I'm in the minority on this with a lot of people I know. But you know what? I miss how integrative and important they were. I miss the Xbox avatars and how big they were. Damn it. I miss uh, oh, them. Man. Oh, I can't. You can't? I can't follow you down that road. No, Why? <laughs> Joey, no. We were on the wavelength. No. <laughs> we had it. Was it, just, it, was just, it just felt 
such a coattail riding thing of the knees that I was just like, okay, I guess I have to make one, but it was just like a blank slate. You could get the Avatar achievements, and that was a special, like the Avatar award <laughs> achievements and shit. I was, man, damn it, I'm still the minority. Oh well. Well, I'm okay. Just, well, here's here's something that does annoy me, is so my gamer, it's a gamer pick, right? That's what they call your little like icon. Yeah, yeah. So mine carried over from 360, which I, it was like a, that's <laughs> from when uh, X Files I Want to Believe came out. And they had it was just like the it was just like the poster or something, but they yeah. made it into a gamer pick, and so that was my thing. But now on Xbox One, it's like super super small, and you, it like won't it won't become the full size. And the only other options are like, you know, the preloaded ones that they have on there, or to like upload your own pick through some very complicated system that yeah. I can't figure out. Yeah. So now I just have like this weird little X Files logo inside of a giant circle, and it's. It's very irritating to me. It's like you could have such a cool thing, and it used to be so cool. <laughs> then you had to get old and suck. Yeah, <laughs> Damn basically. It. Damn it. Oh, I mean, man. that's what most things come down to these days. When I'm like complaining about something, it's like maybe uh, I think the problem is just me. Yeah, I've felt that a lot. I've I yeah with comics, with books, movies, and stuff like that, and gaming a little bit too. I felt I'm like man, fuck <laughs> when you when you there. I do want to get to this. I do have a question though. It kind of leads to this, but. When okay. you get older, though, I have a strange, like, with comics and with video games, when you're in both those fandoms, just those alone, we'll just stick with those two. Hey, guys and gals, Dakota here with a quick little ad break for you. So, folks, we always know the classic saying, wear your freak flag high. Now you can, because the Comic Chronicle podcast now has its own little merch line on Redbubble. That's right, folks, we have our own little merch line with some fun little logos. Of course, our Man of Steel-esque logo for the Comic Chronicle podcast you can get on mugs, T-shirts, sweaters, posters, prints, all sorts of stuff like that on there. And of course, we sell some exclusives that you may be interested in in this new world era that we live in. One of those designs we feature is the little branding called Vigilante in Training. Let people know when you wear your mask or if you want to get a sticker version of the little iconic logo there. Rough dick looking uh, uh, stamp on there on your mask that's blue, a little dark blue. Vigilante in Training. Or if you want, we have in a word bubble on there, trying to best to explain this on a podcast, in a word bubble, Make Comics Not War. Get that on t-shirts, sweaters, posters, a mask, buttons, phone cases, all sorts of stuff like that on there. And of course, lastly, we have Blockbuster Kid. Take on the Blockbuster logo. You know, a lot of us, like myself, we grew up a Blockbuster. Or, you know, you're a semi-medium age adult and you like Blockbuster too. You want to support the past and keep a little bit of retro on there. You can do that too. Get your t-shirts, masks, buttons, stickers with Blockbuster Kid written on there too. You can check out the store for the Comic Chronicle podcast on Redbubble. And an easier way to do so is you can click the link in the show notes below. And that will help you guys and take you straight down to it. Go to Explore Designs and see what all the fun stuff we have for you guys. See the logos for yourself and support the podcast all in the same sense i give you guys stuff for free which is the podcast and now we give you some merch wear that freak flag high folks so thanks for tuning into this episode and without further ado let's take it back to dakota from the past it feels like you get older like you feel older than you are if you started way back when because i don't i'm only 23 but i started gaming when i was i'll be like six mm-hmm. and i've been going since then Right. So, and maybe even five, actually, too. Doing like the old Game Boy where you had to plug in a light, a light thing so it could shine light on the damn screen. <laughs> like, those are the things. Like, I don't know how you old, how old you are exactly, but you know, it feels like you've gone, we've been through so much history and so much like evolution that we just feel so much older than we actually are when it comes to comics, too. And yeah, for it, sure. It just feels like that. Am I wrong? Or do you, do you feel that as well? No, you're right. And as someone who is 35, I can tell you it's only to get worse. <laughs> Son of a so, bitch. So you feel that now. And you know what, though? I When I was 23, I also remember feeling that way, which, yeah. like, in retrospect, was not as severe as maybe I thought it was. But, you know, from your own point of view, it's like, I think it's the, especially in video games, because it's a technology that evolves so fast, especially now where it's, you know, at least when I was a kid growing up with the NES, it felt like we had that forever before we got the Super Nintendo. And then we had that forever before the N64 came out. But really it was, I don't know, what, like five years probably? NES had a little bit of a, a longer lifespan, but 
from like Super Nintendo to N64 was only five years, which is about the same amount of time. It's just that days are so much longer when you're younger. Yeah. Right? Like every day feels like infinite possibilities. And now it's like I wake up and then snap of the fingers and it's time for bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, so like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel it's so. really true that thing of getting older and just days start flying by. Um, but in the context of video games, it just, there's so much that happens, so many trends that come in and out so quickly. Um, like, you know, the rhythm games is a great example, like how hot that was for really only three or four years, Mm -hmm. but it was such like a huge impact. And especially probably for you, you must've been what, like 12 or something when that was yeah 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 the rhythm games and stuff like that i mean when when you say rhythm games you're like talking like dj hero guitar hero that's right all the classic instruments and stuff yeah oh yeah like it it went from like the hot new thing to there being piles of discarded instruments within you can go to goodwill and there's so many dj hero not dj hero dj hero became rare apparently it's fucking expensive to get one too if you want to get one but and they're (laughs) rare shit yeah I had when I was a kid. I'm like, DJ Hero, and he felt awesome with doing that. Let me tell you, that was cool. But if you had, like, Guitar Hero, you go to, like, a Goodwill or anything, like Salvation Army or anything like that, you'll find at least one to maybe three Guitar Hero guitars in there. Like, torn yeah. shit. But it's still, like, it, it makes you feel kind of sad. But I, it kind of, though, I wanted to ask you before I forget, I keep losing it, but before I wanted to ask you this as a writer who loves video games, because I often mm-hmm. don't get people like us on the show, is have video games, as a fellow writer, has video games influenced your work in books and comics? Because like, it's influenced mine growing oh, yeah, up. And sure. then now, even to today, I think it has. But for you, it's a yeah? Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, um, but that's also true of like, I think that anything that you consume storytelling wise is going to influence you whether you think so or not but i do think that games in particular have had a real like important effect on me particularly in terms of world building um the first example that comes to mind is bioshock which is one of my my favorite games of all time yes i have i have a little sister up here actually it's i have a little mini (laughs) poco doors like a little sister she's got her like thing on there yeah she's got like a little syringe oh yeah but I think that's a great example of a game that really just, I can't speak to if it was actually the first to do this or not, but like the way in which the story is laid out through the the tapes that you find, but like they'll, they'll play as you continue to walk around the world. It doesn't force you to stop and go to a menu screen and like listen to it. Yeah. Um, and it's often shed some light on whatever part of the story that you're in. Um, in addition to just like the great environment and just the backstory and the the whole twist at the end, like all that stuff was great, but it was really the world building. Like I just, you just can, you get a sense of that whole world more than you do in most games, like that you play for a shorter amount of time. It, it you know yeah. I mean? Oh yeah. Oh, 100%. And I think there's something about it too, because obviously film and television affect as of us as writers and what we do, like, and maybe inspiration, ideas, or something like that click. But in especially, and for world building, especially video games, I think, you, you're right, they do that more. Bio, oh, God, we could talk about Bioshock all day, too. But <laughs> we really could. Holy shit. Um, infinite. I love it. But one, two, and two. Eh. But we had so much. Like, I think it's, the difference is when you play, when it's a good world building, and also you play, you are the character, because you're playing the character. Like, when you are playing this character going through a world-building experience, it kind of gives you a better perspective of how to build your own world, almost. When you're looking through the eyes of a character, he, she, it, whatever the hell it is, in whatever world it is, especially Bioshock and world-building that it does, it makes, it gives you, it enlightens you, I think, of how to build your own world and how to create, like, the details that do matter. Like, look through, and I think it gives you the perspective of a, when you're writing a book or when you're writing a comic, and I tend to do this a lot with my characters when, especially if it's like a single thing and it's one character going through something or doing something, look through it through their eyes. What are they going to see? What are they feeling? Like what is going on in the world around them? And what are they going on as a character? Like kind of look through their eyes. And I would not have had that if it wasn't for gaming. Yeah, for sure. And I think to that point, 
you know, the things that I remember about Bioshock is almost never, you know, the upgrades or the combat or the actual gameplay. It's all story related. Yes. Yeah. You know? And I think oh, that's yeah. an important takeaway is that like the feeling and the immersion is more important to me personally than like how innovative the gameplay is. And like, that's obviously important because if it plays like shit, you're not going to be able to focus. Mm -hmm. Um, But all the games that I love, I find I'm always remembering story details and environments rather than like, oh, the sequence where I had to do this thing was super fun. And of course there is some of that, but the things that I like really latch onto are all related to story, which I think is how I approach any of my own stuff. You know, so like I want, yeah. I want that memory to to be like, oh, that was such a good story. Exactly. Yeah. And for what Bioshock was to you, and I got a game that may actually do it better, almost in a sense here. And maybe is Fallout. I love okay. like my two favorite Fallout and Halo. To me, Fallout mm. does that as well too. Like what Bioshock does, and developing a world and characters, and makes and enlighten you like of how how characters would interact with each other. You know, how one thing affects another and the world building and such like that. I believe, at least in my take, Fallout does that very, very well. And it shows you all of this stuff. Like, I think in comics, I know a few people who are big Fallout fans. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, Fallout inspired me a little bit. And I believe seeing Twitter post about this one day. And, oh, God, a while ago. And Fallout, like, affects you in that sense of, like, telling stories, you know, building the world and such like that, too. Like, these things where people think, oh, they're just mindless video games. Not really. Like, they help us writers out, and probably artists, too, out a fucking lot, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't played too much Fallout, but that's also, like, one of those, I, you know, the flip side to my story-driven part is, like, I also thrive when it's, like, eight to ten hours. <laughs> like, an Uncharted yeah. length is, like, perfect for me, or a Tomb Raider. Like, that's, like, get me in and get me out but like the more there is to explore and stuff the harder time i have like really drilling down into the story part of it because i'm just mm-hmm. not huge on exploration and and that sort of thing the exception i would say is like the red dead redemption games those oh, for yeah. some reason that i can just like lose myself in or zelda um yeah. but but yeah I, I hear you and you know i think it's just really just anything that you Anything that you really love and are impacted by, I think, is just going to spill out into whatever you choose to do, whether it's writing or drawing or anything like that. True. It's very true. Now, I'm curious because you, you're smart as hell with writing. Obviously, you've done a, a lot of work here. And I'm curious, is how did you become a writer? Because I always say it is origin stories matter. And that's why I always like asking people. They're like, oh, it's cliche. <laughs> like, no, it fucking matters. Because one person's origin story can affect another. It could breathe. They're the seeds that plant the tree. Yeah, or for like sure. Or tree, technically. Like, how did you get started as a writer, though? I mean, I, if we're going way back, I guess, it's just, I has just always been interested in, you know, I've always been a very active reader. Um, I've always loved comics. I've always loved books. Um, and then just from a young age, we just write stories, you know, um, whether it was for school or just for my mom to read and keep her entertained. Um, lots of like making up my own sort of little worlds, usually like a riff on Power Rangers or something. It was just like Earth Defenders or, you know, the the same, but like my own version of it and just mm. like creating these really rich stories that, you know, during playtime after school or whatever, I would usually by myself just like continue each day. So almost mm. like a serialized playtime thing and I think that's where it started but in terms of like trying to do it professionally um so in high school you know still continuing to write my own stuff but it's really in high school I decided I wanted to go to film school um after high school and so I did that and in film school you know it was you didn't have to choose a concentration at the school that I went to it was you know, you take a directing class, you do cinematography and editing, like you sort of do it all to be as well-rounded as you can. But the part of the experience I found myself enjoying the most was the screenwriting portion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's sort of where I decided, okay, I think writing is the thing I want to concentrate on. Not to say that I don't want to, you know, 
direct at some point or or whatever but that's sort of where I honed in on that specific thing and then sub, uh, subsequently I also had a class in school that was all comics related um, which sort of the first semester was reading you know graphic novels like Mouse and Blankets and um, Jimmy Corrigan and like all these sort of really influential works that then the second semester was a making comics class that was essentially going through, you know, Scott McCloud's understanding comics and digging into that and sort of doing our own, uh, our own work from everything from like strips, like comic strips to five page adaptations of a short story, you know, just like doing all of our own stuff. And that's where I was like, Oh shit, this is what I want to do. Like I'd always loved comics um, growing up, a huge superhero comics reader in high school, college, got into, you know, the Vertigo stuff and realized nice. that comics, comics were more than just superheroes. Um, but it was in college in that class that I was like, comics are the greatest medium in the world yeah. because they can do anything and the budget is unlimited. Oh, you know, I just literally talked about this with someone the other day. I'm not mm-hmm. even kidding you about budget on that. It's true. Like, also, by the way, that's a hell of an origin story. But two is you're right. That's I want to stop. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But it's it's, no, it's, it's okay. the truth there. Of there is no budget. There is no restrictions in comics. Like you can do whatever you want. The only budget yeah. is like how much you want to pay the artist and writer. That's it. Like that's yeah. that's it. That you, you can make that trillion dollar movie a reality which yeah, i think and it, it, yeah and it took hollywood forever to discover that to be honest here they're like holy shit there's a gold mine of stories here yeah we've known that for so many years like we're like for decades where the hell have you guys been yeah just some of the wildest shit of all time is in comics and you know i they do they have caught on eventually hollywood or whoever um and i think a side effect of that is like some people who are like okay we'll just make it a comic you know as like this sort of backdoor into making movies but that has never really interested me um you know if one of my works gets optioned or adapted or whatever that's great but like i I don't know i'm kind of a i'm somewhat of a believer of like the original medium is where is like the canon piece of it do you know what i mean so like if something if i create a comic that's the that's like the the Rosetta Stone or whatever to me. And then like anything else is just sort of like riffing off of what was already done. And that's yeah. true of like a, a movie that becomes a comic or becomes a game or whatever. I don't know. It's but, true. I mean, you just, we live in a world though where almost everything is being turned into something. Like I know it was announced. Oh God, there's some stuff that I, I really hope. Like there's some that... Well, Saga's never going to be made into one. I don't know if you know that book or not, but it's never going to be made into a TV show, which is good. You know, there's those ones that are like, yeah, we cannot make this in a movie or TV show because it's so vulgar, but it's such a good story. And it's like, yeah, there's that. Like, shit, Vertigo, you mentioned that one. Like, there's one, I remember reading it, uh, I started reading last year, and I finished it finally. Oh, God, a few, actually a while ago now. Nothing anymore. But... (laughs) I was reading DMZ. DMZ mm-hmm. is going to be an HBO TV show now. Right. Don't know when, don't know how, but it's going to be an HBO TV show. And I'm like, everything's being made. If you're making DMZ from Vertigo, which, by the way, is an amazing series, everyone check it out. You, like, when you turn that series into a TV show, then you've done everything. I, I think there's some things you're never going to be able to touch, but, you know, writing for stuff, I think you need to talk about it too, was that writing for the backdoor pilot for a TV show or a movie, I think is a faulty, I will go on record and say, it's a faulty way of writing your comic because you're focused not on the story at hand as much as you should, as you could be. Because you're like, I'm focusing on, oh, this would make good for a TV show or a movie. Like, cool, it's awesome, it makes it's made into that if it does, but you're making a comic. You're not making that TV script right now or that movie script. That's in the future, you, if that happens. You've got to right. focus on just making the comic, which a lot of people tend to forget because they all want the the new Marvel deal or they want that sort of, sort of shit with that. Like, I got a project working on right now that's a tie-in. I cannot say anything. I got to watch how I word this. 
I got a tie in right now that's in the one of my comics. And I never made it for that, even though I knew it was a huge possibility of getting it. But I never made it for that. And now I'm going back in the scripts that haven't come out yet and changing it to tie in with this thing. That's the best I can say that. But, you know, we go back and take a look. Those scripts are already turned in. Like, that's the thing. Like, you just go back and take a look. Oh, okay, we can do this and this and this. But I'm, I've gone on record and said that now. So, whether people hate me for it or not, I don't know. But I think that's I mean, a faulty way of doing it. Is making I, just, it I think it's just like, if you have a screenplay and you want to turn it into a comic so you can show whoever that it's like a viable property, fine. But like, at least make it a comic. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. hand the artist your screenplay and be like, adapt this. Cause then really they're the writer and the artist of that. They're, you're not contributing much other than like the bones of the story, because it's such a different medium that you, you have to change things. You have to be specific for comics. It's not a one-to-one adaptation and i guess that's what i was trying to get at but yeah no i got you i got you well there's an adaptation of i think does work very well and it kind of goes into what we we're talking about before video adaptations with comics oh that's the best i think I'd, but honestly i'd rather take a video game adaptation of a comic book series and more than a movie yeah i mean i, I could see that i think there's definitely some that are that are great but i think you know, comics just in general, whether it's superhero or otherwise, there's just so much to draw from that yeah. you can really adapt it to any medium. But I don't think it's necessarily true vice the other way, you know? I don't know. It's hard. It's and the, at the end of the day, like if you're right if you enjoy what you're writing and you're mm-hmm. writing it for the medium on which it's going to appear, mm-hmm. then I think that's the best that any of us can do. Yeah, exactly exactly like we're here as writers for comics I mean, you've done book books too though if i remember correctly right um none that have been come out yet but yeah oh, I'm, shit. I, <laughs> I, I'm actually finishing my third um novel right now i nice. will not write the second but like probably within the month it should be that first draft should be done nice. um I, yeah, I which is yeah a whole other kind of words yeah, yeah it's a whole set, other kind of words like there. skills but yeah, it um, is, and I've been—I I wanted to ask you about that actually, because currently, oh god, how can I talk about this too? Uh, I have a novel in development as well right now. I'm working with people around the globe on it. It's a science book, and the thing I've been focusing on with that one is like I've really seen the differences though in writing because I've written for film, I've written for comics, but then going from comics to a novel—that's been interesting. I think. How's that been for yeah. you? Has it been interesting? Has it been easy? Hard? Um, I mean, I'm I've, I'm pretty used to it now, but my first novel was particularly difficult, um, especially because that one, after talking about these adaptations and things, that was like, the, my first novel was a story idea that I had pitched as a comic and didn't go anywhere. And then like, I just kind oh. of kept coming back to it. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to develop, you know, turn this into a novel. And so like, that one had particular things that I was holding on to from the comic version that mm-hmm. I found difficult to, you know, didn't quite translate into a novel just because it's just such a different experience. Yeah. Um, but it, it is definitely different. It's definitely a different set of skills, I think. Um, but it's just like with anything, the more that you do it, the more used to it you get. Um, and that's not to say it gets any easier because it's as soon as I start a new project, I'm just like, I don't fucking remember how to do this at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I'm not alone in that feeling. Because I feel like, oh my God, was I just shit at this? Or did yeah. I just, like, when you don't remember it, when you start a new project, like, oh, damn. Oh, no. Like, yeah, I, I, it's this whole thing with it. But I'm glad, like, well, I will put on a record, though, and say I've honestly found it easier going from comics to film than comics to novel. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's they're both um, visual mediums, whereas like prose, it's it's all on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like comics and and movies or TV, you're writing for someone else to interpret what you're saying, and that thing is the final product. Whereas a book, it's like the words of the final product, and that all falls on you. So if it sucks, yeah. it's your fault. You know? Yeah, that, that is true. That is very true. 
Hey folks, Dakota here with a little bit of an ad break, but this is one you definitely want to listen to if you guys are a comic fan, which you are if you're listening to the show. You guys like comics and you like reading them in person. Well, let me tell you, go to Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. This is not just a hype thing for this ad. Let me tell you, I've been going there for years. I've had Cam Brown on the show all the time. Such a good guy. It's such a good community. Everyone who works there, they know you. They, you get your box number. You get your thing. You get all you need to do there. You get your collectible toys, car, whatever it may be, comics. It's all there for you guys. That's Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. Here's the address, 5801 West Glendale Avenue, Glendale, Arizona, in downtown Glendale. And if you guys want to visit them, you can visit them, drawntocomics.com, or find them on social media, and the number is 623-847-9090. You give them a call. Definitely, guys, I love going to the store. And this is not a fucking lie. I love going. It's so amazing. Thanks, everyone. And hopefully... You guys check them out if you're in Arizona or maybe passing through. Remember, guys, draw on the comics. Go check it out for your books. Reading books in person is so much better than digital. But I love digital, too, so it's a little bit of a toss-up. Support brick-and-mortar companies. We definitely need you to. Thanks, everyone. And now, without further ado, I'm going to take it back to a future me. That is very true. Like a terrible comic script or a terrible uh, screenplay can be made into like a pretty good movie or a pretty good or at least pretty comic. But yeah. that's not true of the novel. No. Because... Well, then again, though, how many times do we see it that it's the novel's way better than the book or better than the movie? Like, I admitted the other day, I was like, you know what? I kind of like Jurassic Park the book a lot better than Jurassic Park the movie. And I wow, love really? the movie. I, I you know what, though? It's a tough fucking gamble, but I really think so. Like, Lost World. Lost World actually is more on that camper because Lost World the book is almost better than Lost World the movie. And I'm a huge fan of all of it. Like, I have literally a Jurassic shelf full of dinosaur collectibles I have. And shit, I work in paleontology because of it. But I think the book is almost better than the movies. I can agree with you on Lost World. Uh, so yeah, Jurassic Park. The Jurassic Park movie is tough on that one. I'm thinking about it, like, yeah, maybe. But Lost World, I definitely think more is the book is better than the movie. And I love the movie, though. There's also, like, I don't know. That, that whole conversation is interesting because, for example, you know, it's October, obviously. And I'm watching i have a whole calendar of horror movies that i'm that i'm watching this month and my favorite yeah. horror movie of all time is kubrick's the shining oh yes so like that whole thing is interesting to me because i i'm a huge stephen king fan and notoriously he hates the shining adaptation because it changes so much from the book mm-hmm. the book is also great in its own way it's just very different and i think What's interesting about that whole situation is Dr. Sleep came out last year and, you know, Mike Flanagan's filmmaker I really like, and Dr. Sleep is a great adaptation of the Dr. Sleep novel, but I have friends who like love the shining, the Kubrick shining and hated Dr. Sleep and like, don't like, don't like the book, you know, and I get that, but it was interesting for me to see Dr. Sleep and be like, oh, this is a great adaptation of the King book while it's nowhere near as terrifying or riveting as Kubrick's The Shining, it's still a good adaptation of the book, but it's like kind of a shitty sequel to The Shining. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's, 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 it's both weird. things at once. Yeah, it's it's one of those, not all the time do you get that, but it's, it is one of those weird things where it's, as you just said, like it is all those things at once of like, yay, nay, yay, nay. Although I'm on the side, if the creator doesn't like it, then eh. then you might want to take the consideration. But then again, it's Stephen King. I love the man to death. He's super cool. So who knows? Like with him on it, I don't know. I love the movie too. I don't. It's 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 one of these first world problems. It really is. Like we're like fuck. I like this. Like, oh damn it. What about this? Like it's it is one of those things. And it. I don't think very rarely do you get it that often anymore. Like we well, got it with Doctor just... Sleep, but you don't see that situation as much anymore. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down to the individual. Like, you just have to learn to, you don't have to, but I've learned to sort of compartmentalize almost in terms of, like, this thing, like, The Shining is great on its own, and it's perfect in that way. Yeah. And knowing that there's this movie sequel that is an adaptation of The Shining's book sequel that isn't quite as on par with those, like, the chill factor of the first movie doesn't mean that that movie is any less good just because it doesn't compare favorably to this original thing. So it's just, you just have to, at least that's what I do is just kind of 
take each thing on its own and how it compares. And some things it's hard to do that. Like I think superhero comics is a good example because it's one running story for 80 years, basically. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's almost impossible not to compare things to things that have come before, or if it's supposed to be a sequel or building on something, it's just a little harder for me to do that. But mm. in general, I think taking things on their own is the only way to really be satisfied with everything that you're consuming. Oh my God. Yeah. That's it. That's the perfect way to go about it. Like it, there is a lot of things to consume too. Like we have so many comics. We have so too many. Much, I would argue. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. We have a lot of shit to consume. Like TV shows and film, especially like ugh, we have so much. I'm, I'm almost with, I'm with you in the sense of we have too much TV shows. I, uh, there's so much to keep up on. I'm trying to watch things. My girlfriend hasn't seen before. Shout out to you, Michaela. I love you. But we have like just things she's never seen before or things I've, she's seen, I've never seen before. Like, there's so much to do, and I yeah. Uh, comics wise, though, is there too much or is there not? Because I think comics wise, there used to be, but we're there. Twenty twenty has been a weird year to use this example on, but I think like in the past year, two years, we've we've really mellowed out, and there's a good amount of comics that's really easily, I think, easily readable. So there's not too many in the world. And but there's a lot of indie. There's a lot, a lot of indie. But if you're just going for the big two, there's not that much of those. And then image and all that they have, I think a steady amount. Am I wrong? And what do you think? Or no? Because so I'm honest here, because I think it's an okay amount of comics out now. So I know I just said that I think there's too much content in TV in the world, but I think comics are the, the exception where there will never be enough. Really? Granted, like there's, and this is true of of all things, but like there's no way any of us will ever read or watch or do everything we want to do before we're dead, right? So, like, but I think comics is such a gateway for so many people, whether it's to reading or to, you know, learning that you are super into fantasy or sci-fi mm. or into art, whether it's comic book art or fine art or whatever. Comics are such a gateway for so many people to different paths. And I think that the more comics that we have and the more diversity that we have within the types of comics that we're reading, both from genre and, and creators from different backgrounds and all that stuff is only a good thing because that means it's just going to reach somebody that comics five years ago may not have. And then subsequently the cycle starts over where they are inspired and start creating their own stuff and the whole thing just keeps going. And I guess that can be true for any medium, but for me, like it all starts with reading and I think comics are such an important way to get kids in particular to just be into reading. Yeah. You know, oh, so yeah. I, I think the more that we have, the better it can be. It's harder on us as a consumer, maybe to like budget. Yeah. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. But I think it's important that there's just so many different options. It's true, and there is a lot. Like I, I still go to the comic book store every now and then too, because budgetary, and you know, when I have time, because holy sure. hell. But when when you go to the comic book store, right? Anytime really in the past lately, in the past year or two, is you take a look, look at all those books around. You're actually absolutely right. Like there is so much to do, and there can never be enough. Like I think there's just so much to choose from now. Like there is a what was the saying before? Somebody said it. I don't know who, and then it was thrown around the circuit for a long time. Was there is a comic book for everybody, no matter who you are, no matter what your tastes are, no matter what is going. Like we have horror, we have romance, we have superheroes, we have war, we have suspense, we have thriller, we have murder. Like we have everything in comics. Like there is a comic book for everybody. Like I write seven different books. None of them are really the same. There's giant monsters, space, powers, police. Like there's um, other mon like it, it's huge. It, it's insane. Dinosaurs is one. You know, it's all this crazy stuff. Like there is a comic book for every type of genre, no matter how small or large. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it makes it beautiful, dude. It, it's what really makes I think the genre beautiful. I love being a part of it. I really do. And, you know, I love being part fan and worker wise. It's it's nice. It's nice. But comics are the best. Yeah, amen to that, man. Comics and video games and beer. It's mm -hmm. the way to go. It's <laughs> definitely the way to go. Uh, so we are coming near the end of the show, though, here, Joey. And I definitely want to say thank you for coming on the podcast, man. 
Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it. It's always fun to talk about the things that we like. Of course. Oh, fuck yeah. It's it's much, much needed these days. It really is in this year to talk about good things and things you love. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really all any of us can do at this point, in addition to, you know, staying aware and and contributing where we can in larger society. But I think for our own sanity, it's important to, you know, have conversations about fun stuff and 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 stories that we love. And it's just, I think it helps a lot. And it does. I know I need it, so. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, we all, oh, fuck, we all do. Like, you know, man, I'm, I'm glad to have you on here, but this is also the point where I like to give it to you guys, my guests and whatnot, because I like to let people plug their stuff, because I'm a big supporter of helping out fellow creators. So plug away, man. Do you have anything you can talk about that's coming out for people to check out, where they can find you on social media, that sort of stuff, to help you out? Um, there's nothing that I can plug that's upcoming. Well, but... shit. Uh, but I can say you can find all of my books on Comixology. Um, you can just search for Joey Esposito, or you can find my creator-owned books like Footprints and Pawn Shop or Captain Ultimate. Those are all available. Um, I'm on social media at Joey Esposito on most platforms. And you can, oh, you can also, I, so something that I did in quarantine was I made an album <laughs> this, oh. you know, uh, you know, I've always played in bands and stuff, but once quarantine happened, I was like, all right, I I need something to do that, like, I can put out and get instant gratification from. And so I made a record. It's called, the band is called Radmobile, Ooh. which is a reference to an old video game and also a deep cut Encino Man reference. Yeah. Um, and the album is called Always a Bummer, and you can get it on spotify or apple music or wherever or you can go to Bandcamp and find it and buy it for like seven bucks what type of genre is this though so people know um it's like uh i would say it's it's punk um, really oh dude, know, this is awesome <laughs> that's awesome uh, rock grungy punk skate music maybe <laughs> ah so early lincoln park uh Why I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that but oh shit okay damn it but um, but yeah, I, it's you know you get it's on all the streaming platforms, so check it out. It's free. Sweet, sweet. Well, th uh, thank you, good man. And yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out because honestly, though, like you had the time and you made use of it, and I love that. I'll support it's you. All we, it's all we can do. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Well, thank you, good man. Like I said, thank you for coming on the show, and I want to get on a record too. You can come back anytime. You want to support anything? You got an upcoming project or anything like that? You're like I need right. some help. You well, have, I have some stuff to talk about eventually so um i'll definitely definitely let you know and i really appreciate it of course thank you joey and you have yourself a good rest of the day all right all right you too man take care thank you bye